0: space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise, its five-year mission to explore
1: strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to ReTrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're looking at a few more of the temporal cold war this week. We're back to back to Enterprise, going to pick up where we left off with um, Broken Bow last time.
0: Yeah, we're jumping forward to episode ten. Yeah, episode First, ten, and then to episode twenty. Yeah, so we're jumping we're around. Continuing the tempor- We're basically going to look at over the next couple of months before we get Discovery all of the temporal cold war.
1: Yeah, we won't that's just them.
0: do do that. We'll break off. Do other sh- other shows as well, other episodes. Yeah. So we're just so we're not just doing Enterprise.
1: Yeah, don't worry if you're you're not so much of an Enterprise fan. We're going back to TNG next week for Time's Arrow. so we're gonna we're gonna break it up. But it's been quite interesting revisiting Enterprise because, like you say, we we've both watched it before. Yeah, um, it, it's but... not
0: one you go back and watch often, is it? No. It's not your first choice of go back us. To...
1: And I think there's reasons for that. And I think there's elements of these episodes that remind you why. But there's also some good things in them. So uh, we'll, we'll go through these ones that we've looked at this time. So first up, it's, as you say, episode 10, which is Cold Front. And this is sort of the first time after the pilot that we go back to the temporal cold war. And what they seem to be doing here is they're not going the full serialized route. Um, they seem to be sort of maybe taking a leaf out of the X Files book, where they'd they'd have your your season opener would be a mythology episode, and your season finale would be a mythology episode, and there'd be two or three dotted around in between, and then the rest of it would be like monster of the week kind of thing. And that's sort of how the X Files operated, certainly in its first few seasons, and it. It seems that that seems to be what Enterprise is kind of di- dipping its toe in a little bit here. Yeah, know?
0: it's it's sort of like giving you a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah, like um, Cold gives us quite a lot about the temporal culture. We find out a lot more. Yeah, about. we do. It's sort of like,
1: and we even get um, sort of more of an explanation of what was really going on in in Broken Bow. But having said that, I do think. There's too much ambiguity in this episode, but we'll, we'll get through it as we go through the episode. But I, I'm not sure it's entirely successful. It's Again, it, it reminds me of the way the X-Files did things, which was that it had dangled these things now and again. And it had assumed that the viewers were into it enough to kind of latch on to every little tidbit they give you and not lose patience with it. And I think, I think again, you know, with the X-Files, it, it worked for the first few seasons, then people started getting fed up, and I think that with Enterprise, for me, with this, I don't think it was as engaging as like when the X-Files did it with their mythology, and it, I can imagine either just not caring about the temporal cold war based on this... What? All well, as, as you know, I said last week,
0: it's the temporal Cold War. Isn't something the producers even wanted to do? No, and with, I, with Enterprise, it's something the the studio bosses made them do. Yeah, which so is bizarre. You can see, yeah, it is. It's not like, well, if you want a time travel show, greenlight a time travel show. Exactly. Yeah, and if do don't, don't someone say Star Trek's got to be a time travel show? It does time travel episodes, we know, because we've done quite a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it isn't a time travel show. No,
1: and the the other thing is like, well, if you want these elements of the future bringing in, don't make a prequel. You know, just yeah. set it in the 29th century if that's exactly. what you want to yeah. do. <laughs> it's. Um... Well,
0: like, personally, I thought that's where Enterprise should have gone. It was an interesting concept, the prequel before Kirk. Yeah. But I don't think it's I don't think it's done very well.
1: No, the execution leaves a lot to be desired. I think they got a lot yeah. better with it in season four, um yeah. when Manicoto got involved. Well I think after because
0: we had three shows in the next generation era, it had been nice to jump another hundred years or two hundred years in fruit from that.
1: Yeah, it would have been. And, and you know, we've talked about this when we talked about Discovery and Picard and everything, and it's it's like they've been frightened to go further into the future for so long.
0: Yeah. And we're on it's a... hard to understand why.
1: No, exactly. And that that's the thing. It, if you want to create a new era, you just go, right, it's its 100 years, it's 200 years further on. Yeah, and...
0: well, after, like, especially after DS9 finished, because 5G, it doesn't matter because they were away in the Delta yeah, Quadrant, yeah. so we didn't see anything happening in the Alpha Quadrant. But we've had DS9 finished... The galaxy's in ruins. Yeah. It don't matter that they've won. There's... there's, Governments have collapsed. Yeah, yeah. Empires have collapsed. Even though the Federation have won, they've lost tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives. Ships...
1: And then you get Nemesis and adds a to nice that. Sort of
0: like a couple of hundred years later, what the effects of this had been, yeah, and how exactly. it had all the balance.
1: And, yeah, as I said, Nemesis adds to it by going, right, well, the Romulan Empire is in complete disarray as well. You know, they've yeah. just, to all intents and purposes, had a civil war, and they've lost people in the Dominion War. And, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get a bit of that with with uh, Discovery, but, I mean, it's so far in the future that... The the only thing it could well, be is like
0: well, like the mention in this episode, does Daniels that it's nine hundred years in the from the future. Yeah. Which is where Discovery is going to, so
1: Yeah, well, this is a hundred years so the Daniels would be a hundred years before where Discovery is now.
0: Well it put roughly. him in the thirty first century.
1: Well it well this is what the twenty second so yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. yeah, it would, yeah so i don't know yeah it's it'll be interesting to see whether discovery picks up on any of this and references it i mean my guess is they probably won't because this wasn't received as well as it could have been so
0: the the thing is so it's in canon we have canon of the 31st century
1: that's oh, true yeah i mean
0: discovery has been criticized for breaking canon that's previously. that's true I think, though we t- I think they've tried to retcon a lot of that, so do they really want to go and break canon again?
1: Yeah, I mean, with time travel you can always kind of hand wave it a bit and go, oh, well, the ripples of the Temporal Cold War did this, so... Yeah. I don't know, I mean, let, let's have a look at what we get in this one, though. So, we start off then, we've got a Sullivan, and we realise this is the same Sullivan, uh, Silic, from the first episode... And he's, like, pretty much getting tortured by future guy.
0: Well, he says that he's taking all his implants off him. Yeah. So he's reverting him just to normal. And this is very important, that he's taking all his implants off him. Yeah. Before he goes on this mission. Yeah.
1: So he's just a
0: normal... For all intents and purposes, he's just like a normal person.
1: Just a normal Sully no special powers. Yeah, he
0: can't squash himself, he can't do anything else, he can't... Shape change or any of the any of the other special stuff that these no, genetic implants so, let them do.
1: Like, just to pick an example out of the air, he wouldn't be able to stick his hand in like a warp core thing and bend his hand round and no. do things like that. That's no. that's what well, we're I making think it's clear. It's important
0: to remember that right at the start of this episode, <laughs> they established that he's had all his genetic implants yep. taken off him and he'll only get them back if he's successful in this mission. Yeah.
1: And they're saying, you don't need them for this mission. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get a little bit that gives us a bit of more context to Broken Books. It's saying the plan was to destroy the Klingon Empire. So, a bit of an elaborate way they went around it, but it, that was the end game. was to... We, we knew it was going to sort of destabilise things and everything, but whatever they were trying to put in motion in the pilot episode... Ultimately, was supposedly going to destroy the Cylon Empire, and see. This is one of my issues with this episode. Is I'm not entirely sure what they're trying to achieve in this one, and like you know, we, I don't want to tread on what we're going to get to, but you know, we we find out we've got two factions. So we've got Daniels and his people, and we've got Future Guy using the Soliban.
0: Yeah, and I, like I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards daniel's been sort of future federation type that, thing
1: that's the way it seems but I'm, I'm not clear on what the the plan in this episode was because clearly they're opposed to each other but it's it's never clear what they're actually trying to achieve either of them i don't think yeah um,
0: it, like I, f- I imagine that they're trying to alter historical events so that in the future one of them will be the more superior power
1: that's it seems to be so well well we'll pick on the plot points as we get through but um there's a nice bit where the the chatting on the bridge and it's we've watched night of the killer androids and so that implies like maybe they've got a cinema or something on the ship which
0: which makes sense that they'd have some sort of recreation it
1: does yeah i think that's i think that's really cool i like that idea
0: and yeah To me, that makes a lot of sense. On a deep space mission they've gone through a long time, they need somewhere that they can get together communally. Yeah. Recreation, so that they're just not in the quarters, eat on duty. You need something.
1: Yeah, I know exactly, and I like it. And Again, they've done this thing where they make up a film, and we talked about this when we talked about... um, the B-movies that Tom Paris were talking about, and, like, why don't they reference a real film here? Like, why don't they go, oh, we watched watched Mission Impossible, and then you've got a little plug for one of Paramount's films as well, well, you know?
0: They could have quite easily done what they want the next blockbuster to be.
1: Yeah, exactly, you know, we've just finished watching, you know, Michael Bay's whatever, you know?
0: Well, to be fair, when this was being made, I don't know what what the big movie they had coming out that... That summer or whatever was, but if it's a couple of months away, these could reference it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, oh, yeah, oh they loved it back in the the twenty first yeah. century. But um and also, Night of the Killer Androids. I wonder if that'll get banned after the attack on Mars in Picard. They'll oh. be like, that's that's too close to the bone Now is that film get that banned? It depends
0: how woke they are in the future. It, it'd get banned now.
1: Yeah, that's true. It would do. Yeah. And then there's another quite sort of prescient line as well. Like, I think it's Reed, and he says, There's 50,000 movies and nothing to watch. And that just reminds me of when you're looking through Netflix these days, you know?
0: Yeah, and Amazon, yeah.
1: It's just endless, but there's nothing.
0: There's lots there, but there's not a great deal I want to. Actually, commit my time to watching.
1: This is it. So yeah, I quite like that. I thought that's yeah, well done, Reid. That's about the only interesting thing he says. <laughs> and we, we get introduced then to Daniels, and Daniels looks he's he, he sort of filling the role of a yeoman.
0: Yeah. Seems to be he
1: brings out his breakfast. Yeah, he's yeah. I think
0: that's what you've got to say. Is is the captain's yeoman? Yeah.
1: And which is a you know a role. Obviously, we had them in the original series, but we don't really getting a yeoman again um no but it was a so. very naval yeah, yeah. Naval,
0: it's a naval percentage so yeah
1: exactly so yeah it yeah, makes it sense
0: like the starfleet vessels how the how the run is very naval in
1: in the early days yeah so yeah that does that makes sense so it makes
0: a lot of sense
1: and then we get we meet the alien of the week and they're they're going to see what they think of as a, a spiritual event And it's something to do with a, is it a binary star or a comet or something?
0: Yeah, a comet passing in front of a binary star or something in in plasma fields, and it's spectacular, which uh, I imagine it's actually really spectacular to watch.
1: And I I like this, because, you know, we've talked about religion in Star Trek and stuff before, and uh, this is similar to kind of how the Bajorans view the wormhole aliens, like it's... It's believable that um, a species of aliens who've witnessed this celestial event would have, uh, you know, it would have religious connotations. You know, like in yeah in Earth cultures, you've got stuff like you know how we named the the constellations and things after the Greek gods and yeah. You know, so I I like that. I think that's a good yeah an interesting concept. One that makes sense. And it's always interesting when Star Trek does kind of explore religion.
0: Yeah, it's not not an in-your-face religion, No, it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you even get flocks, like, saying, I've studied all the human religions, and Archer sort of comments on it, and it it appears he's probably agnostic by what he says, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, again, that, you know, fair enough. We've we've not seen...
0: to be fair, i've I've often had the fee- feeling sort of during the federation that a lot of Earth has moved away from religion.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you know, we've not obviously Cisco got big into the Bajoran religion, understandably. Um, and there's hints in Discovery that uh, Pike might be uh, some denomination of Christian, but yeah,
0: but, but I don't think religion's like a major thing the way no. it is nowadays.
1: It certainly doesn't seem to be, but the the implication there, I suppose, is if Flox has studied it, that it, it probably still is practiced to some degree. Yeah. And there's a nice scene where, like, Mayweather goes and sits in the chair and all of this business, and, you yeah, know, it's quite nice. I think Mayweather's criminally sort of underdeveloped as a character.
0: Yeah, he, like, I think, he, I think he had the potential to be a really, really... With it, the background that they build up for him, being a boomer, yeah, out, out on trade ships, like two years to do a trade run.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, and, and I think there is an episode where his dad comes into it or something. Yeah, well, but, yeah
0: they go back to his ship at, in one of the episodes. Yeah. It's quite an interesting, episodes. But it's,
1: yeah, he's not... It, it's a little bit... Everyone, I feel like in Enterprise, everyone's a little bit too sort of cookie-cutter characters and you know, everybody's very straight-laced, everybody's you know, goody-goody and, you know, we they do play with that later on, but th- at the moment, I don't think there's a lot going on with Mayweather, so it's nice that he at least gets a little bit of a, a character moment there and then there's a, a bit with Trip as well, where he's explaining the engines and yeah, he's like, doing I, it
0: I think this is quite uh, funny like, these guys have come on and they're there for a big religious thing and they're all about God, so he's assuming that because they're religious they won't understand technology Yeah, and, he, and the guy goes oh so 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 yeah my field of studies I'm a war pe- technician <laughs>
1: yeah and he's like oh right so you, you've you got this then right so we'll go on to the more technical stuff but yeah because he's he's explaining it really basic isn't he? like, he's like yeah. and then this goes into here and this does that um and then yeah it, we find this is where we find out Silic is one of the the aliens
0: Yeah, so he's had all his genetic abilities taken away from him. Yeah, he's uh, managed to do that shape-change thing they can do. Yes. So he looks like another alien.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and we do see him sticking his hand in the thing and bending it and all this business. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, what... How they didn't pick up that, they'd made a big point of that right at the start of it. Yeah. I, I just don't get.
1: No, it's, it's and, odd. And it's,
0: these aren't the only things he does. He does quite a lot of oh, stuff as this episode goes on.
1: Yeah, he definitely does. And it so what's happened then is we have to assume that the engine was going to blow up until Silic fixed it. Yeah. So the version that Daniels... Would have wanted then would have been for the Enterprise to blow up, which doesn't make sense with no. with everything else we see of Daniels later on, and it, I don't think it's really explained why Silacab to had to save, stop this. Had
0: to save the here. It, like no. yeah,
1: like it, it's not like then taking these people to witness this thing has any impact
0: that we see. You know it. If yeah, it, it's it's like you said the the premise of the episode isn't really explained.
1: No, we. I mean, there's the still drama because we know yeah,
0: all there's drama going on.
1: You know, we 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 know what each each side is trying to achieve, and you know, we're rooting for the good guys, but we don't know why they're trying to achieve it or anything. And
0: it, yeah, and and it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be saving the enterprise no so guys save the enterprise it just kind of targeting the only earth ship. why save it just like it's all done and dusted
1: yeah exactly if their their goal is to stop the federation becoming the federation effectively and they know that archer's gonna play a big part in that then just just let it go yeah so, I, you know, it's just, I feel like this episode falls apart when you take a step back from it. Um, and then, yeah, so we get Daniels, and this is where we find out he mentions the Temple called War, and he knows about Silic, and it, we find out he works for, like, some sort of temporal agency, and we do get a big info dump, like, you know. Yeah,
0: it, like, you tell, he comes out, he tells Archer...
1: And it's he's from 900 years in the future, but the, the baddies are from earlier than that. So they can materialize physically, they can only sort of manipulate other people. And that that's what's going on with Future Guy and the Sullivan. And yeah, but then she said
0: because Voyager had uh, the relativity was from a lot earlier than that, yes. 700 years, was it?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And Mind you, they could only they could only come back a few times, couldn't they, before they got temporal displacement? That's displaced. true, but
1: and it might just be that this faction, uh, uh, they've not got the same technology as the Federation or the Earth faction or you know whoever. Yeah. Has so they're using a different technology, um, and he says, "Oh, we invented time travel laws once time travel was invented." So like, well no you didn't, because we've seen loads of time travel and the only thing we know yeah. about really is the, the temporal prime directives being in, invented, but it
0: Yeah, we like we get it in a trials and tribulations, don't we, we, get, we yeah. get the Bureau of Temporal
1: Investigations, Investigations,
0: yeah.
1: So it yeah, presumably the the invented more laws later on and it was a lot more governed and everything. And you get this thing again of to the Vulcans don't believe in time travel. And yeah, the,
0: the Vulcans have proved that time travel is impossible. Yeah,
1: which she's gonna get a shock, but. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I, I do think it's quite uh, cool when Daniels is explaining to Archie that he's from the future, and he shows him like the display that he has. Yeah, that's good. So you can see all the ribbons of time and.
1: Yeah, and it's like, we're from there, and they're from over here, and yeah. this is that happening, and that, yeah, I like that. And, um, yeah, so then there's the, there's a bit with Trip and Daniels having a chat, and the, there's an interesting bit where uh, Trip says something about Earth, and then Daniel says, well, it depends what you mean by Earth in the future, so there's an implication that either Earth isn't there, or if it is, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's something again to keep an eye on, and you know, see if we we get any kind of follow up to that. And Daniels has got this cool thing that lets him walk through walls, uh, which is handy when you're chasing down a Sully that can squeeze through things, even though even though
0: he's got no enhancements <laughs> yeah. in this episode.
1: I wonder if at this stage they they were thinking, "Oh, that's an innate thing that all Sully can do." And obviously that's contradicted by the next episode. But, um, yeah. but I wonder if they they sort of... Or whether the, just that first scene were wrong. It,
0: it, 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 I've, I've watched this back a few times. And it just re, It is, it's just... It's like they haven't even looked at the own continuity of the story. Yeah, the episode. They, they've not double-checked back to the yeah, teaser. It's like somebody's written the opening scene. And it's a cool opening scene. Yeah. And they filmed it. And then all them cameramen and writers have gone home and someone else has come in and <laughs> done the rest of the episode
1: yeah nobody's picked up on it yeah it does feel that way <laughs> it's, yeah and it's an easy fix just chop that line out of the opening scene and it's not a, it's, it's not, not an issue. issue yeah exactly
0: but when you put that in as a line it is a big issue
1: <laughs> yeah well exactly yeah and you know, Archer chases. He uses the walk through wallsy thing, and um, uh, you know, Silic and Archer have a fight, and everything. They seem to like having fights, to Archer and Silic? Yeah. And but b- before this, Cillic, actually, Silic
0: tries telling John that he's the good guy here. Yeah, he does, and he, he kind of is because he saved the Enterprise. Now I wonder if that's the premise—if he was sent there to save the Enterprise. To get Starfleet on their side Um, early
1: on, maybe yeah, it could be yeah. That's
0: the only thing I can think of that makes sense.
1: But then he does it. He does it secretly. They only find out that he's there because of Daniels. And speaking of Daniels, I've missed out as Silic appears to kill Daniels at this stage. Yeah, and I say appears because we know from when we covered Carpenter Street that, that he's not killed Daniels. but um, and So he then, gets killed, but he gets
0: better. Yeah,
1: he'll get better and we'll probably get an explanation. <laughs> and then Silic can also breathe in the vacuum of space, seemingly. It,
0: well, he also cloaks as well.
1: Oh, yeah, he does, yep, yep.
0: Because it, he's <laughs> invisible and just appears, yeah, so he so it can cloak himself.
1: So he looks like he's got all the powers that he had in the the first yeah. episode, in fact. <laughs> and, yeah, so he escapes, he gets picked up by the ship, and we finish with, like, Archer's not sure what to put in his report, which, yep, yeah, because I'm not sure what, <laughs> what yeah. was going on, sir. So.
0: It, it's he seals Daniel's room. Yeah, or that he's allowed access to it.
1: Yeah, and he he loses the walk through walls thing, and yeah. the the future viewy thing's gone, so all the technology's gone. Um, but yeah, the the room's sealed, and um, obviously that's gonna be followed up upon at a later date. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, I think the episode's enjoyable to watch. The
0: episodes the... enjoyable, but when you look at the problems with it, like yeah, it just doesn't. The, the sp- the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Uh, the story doesn't follow its own continuity. It sets up in the opening scene.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it. As I said, this is why I sort of drew that comparison with the X-Files, that you'd have episodes of the X-Files, the mythology episodes, that were just utterly baffling, and then about yeah. three seasons later, you'd get some sort of explanation, and you'd better look back and go, oh, so that must have been what was going on in that episode. And it feels to me like this is what they're doing here. Like they're they're thinking, oh well, you know, we'll explain all this later. That this yeah. is just to to remind people that the temporal cold wars out there and to,
0: yeah, to keep like, them on the hook. Like to be fair, this gives us a lot more about the temporal cold war. Yeah, it did broken vow.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, I just, I kind of feel like. I don't think you'd do this now in TV, like, I know we're used to kind of TV programmes playing the long game and everything, but I don't think there's enough of it to make it really engaging. No. To to keep people on the hook, to care about it when it comes round again, like, you know, I don't, I can't imagine there were people sitting there going, I can't wait for the next Temporal Cold War episode, yeah, because...
0: Like, I, they... knew I, was, I knew I was off to watch the next Temporal Cold War episode straight after this. Yeah. And I can't say I was that excited about no, where it was gonna go. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't think there's enough yet to make you care about it. Other than it it sound, you know, the temporal Cold War sounds cool. And yeah, you know but it's
0: it's that thing we also in a prequel series. So we've had four of seasons of Star four of series of Star Trek, all in the future from this. Yeah. And not one of them over the 21, 24 seasons, I'm not sure how many hundred episodes, 600 and odd episodes, have ever made mention of a temporal cold war. No. Not
1: one of them. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to let that go, because, it, you know, it depends how it's all resolved, and it? if it's all yeah, wrapped but, up, I mean, it could always be... This is uh,
0: something we talked about in Broken Bow, that we don't have a problem with the technology looking more advanced than TOS did, because that's the nature of TV. We can do that. Yeah. But don't make the technology better than what was established. Do more than what was established. Yes. Yeah.
1: It can look better. But it's but... also
0: that don't bring in things that are never referenced in the future. Yeah. Unless you've got. As made main, main things. It's very.
1: And we know about obviously Discovery got a lot of stick for the Spore Drive and the. Yeah. You know, and they, they tried to wrap all of that up and people's mileage varies on how yeah. good a job they did with that. But but this is a similar, a yeah, similar a, thing, they, isn't they did it? They
0: a very, very talospore on it, didn't they? Under pain of Death, you will never mention it again. Yeah,
1: they did, pretty much, yeah. And, you know, so maybe that's where they're going with the, the Temporal Cold War yeah. is, you know, it's, it's, it's all hush-hush.
0: Hush. I find it very difficult with the Spore Drive because... You're not just talking about the people left from the Enterprise and a couple of people who have come off Discovery, but you're talking about all the other ships in Starfleet when they jumped into places.
1: Oh, yeah. See? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it takes us, it really does take a stretch to. Yeah. I another why I know the,
0: why they, wreck, they had to retcon. Yeah. Like, to, to come up with something like that was just.
1: It was a bit crazy, but. Yeah. I've a feeling the reason they did it is because they want it for when they're in the future. So you know, I think they're gonna be making use of the spa drive in season three. So, you know, and anyway, we'll, we'll you know, if you want you wanna hear what we we had to say about all that you can we've got a load yeah. of Discovery episodes, we, we won't try and derail this one.
0: Oh. It's like, don't get me wrong, I I enjoy Discovery. I really enjoy Discovery, but
1: There is stuff whenever you're doing a prequel. I don't think it
0: should have things I don't think it should have alien species in the past that we never have again. I don't think it should have major wars in the past that are never mentioned again. Yeah. And I don't think it should have technology in the past that surpasses the technology that we've seen in the future. It's
1: it's always the problem with prequels, isn't it? Like the Yeah um I mean, obviously, the big example is the the Star Wars prequels, which just flat out contradicted things, and yeah, you know. And in Star Trek's defence, Star Trek had a lot more material to try not to contradict, whereas with Star Wars, there were only three films, and they still made a pig's ear yeah. of it. But that's for a separate podcast. Is discussing the <laughs> Star Wars prequels. All right, then. So, season one, episode twenty is detained no actual sort of time travel in this one but it is a temporal cold the, war
0: it's related to the temporal cold war that's why we and that's what we're covering
1: yeah so this one starts out like bang straight into the action really so you've got mayweather and archer locked up and yeah, they're
0: coming around unconscious
1: and you get a little bit of dialogue like oh we're in a shuttle. we were near a comet and I think it's it's quite economical storytelling to just get us just start us there. You know, we don't we don't need to see a scene where you're in a shuttle on a comet and then you yeah. wake up. It's yeah, it's so fine.
0: Probably also a lot of uh, money not showing the shuttle. <laughs> yeah, very true. Alien craft
1: Yeah, because the, there's some good effect sequences later in this episode as well. So that's where the money went, I think. And when this first started, I thought. The implication was that the Sullivan were the people holding them, yeah. Uh, and obviously that turns out not to be the case. But do you think that was deliberate, or was I just misreading that opening scene?
0: No, I think it was done deliberately because up until the, this, everything we'd seen of the Sullivan was the Sullivan of the baddies, the yeah. Sullivan of the cabal, and they're the baddies.
1: Yeah, and that's what they're doing with this episode. Is it's one of those episodes where we take the bad guys, and we show you, for want of a better word, the human side of them. Um, yeah,
0: it, it's very, it's a very, um, it's almost like a racist thing, that the showing, don't be racist, just because the Sullivan, doesn't mean, yeah. mean. this. It, it's a very, uh, it's one of them stories Star Trek's famous for doing. It's yeah, taking yeah. a moral view on something. Oh,
1: definitely, and it's... I mean,
0: but it's telling it in a in a sci fi way.
1: Yeah, and you would say that it's allegorical, except that Archer blatantly tells you towards the end of the episode exactly what this is getting at. But, um, but yeah, it's it's a good concept. I I prefer this episode to the the previous one. I think this is a stronger episode. It's um,
0: a stronger episode. It it has a very <laughs> set story, and it tells that story.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And th- there is a scene early on, though, where they're, they're in the lockup, and there's a bit where Mayweather sort of has to climb up to look out a window and he's telling Ar- Archer what he's seeing. And it just reminded me of that bit out of that Red Dwarf episode where Lister's looking out the window and Cat's there and he's going, oh, they've got gallows and they're bringing out Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and it's, I just couldn't get that out of my head when I was watching that scene. And anyone who's not seen that, that's... What's it called? <laughs> uh, it's the Wax World one. Meltdown. Meltdown Red Dwarf Series 4. Um, so yeah, we find out pretty quickly the Sully Banner, the prisoners as well. And we get the guard and it's Al from Quantum Leap. Well, Dean yeah. Stockwell. Which, yeah. very nice to see him. I like Dean Stockwell. He's a great actor. But it is difficult to see Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell on screen and Without not
0: thinking quantum leap
1: yeah exactly i mean you know they obviously they knew that's oh. what they were do you know they, you can't you can't do this and not have those associations but to be fair to them they're playing a completely different dynamic and i think they're both and really the good actors it, it isn't,
0: like we spoke about this Unbroken about that, it's nice to have them little Easter Easter Yes, ones. yeah. But there's nothing there to, to relate this to Quantum Link No, there's
1: no, no sort of wink to the audience or anything. And no. If there was going to be a time to have um, at say, oh boy, this would be the, the time to do it. But I oh, think, this would have
0: been the one, yeah.
1: But I think by having Stockwell as the antagonist in the episode, you're, you're able to get away with not doing that. If he'd have been a good guy and he'd have been chummy with Archer, then yeah, should have probably dropped something in. But I think it works having them opposed to each other. And he's he's a good character because he seems quite reasonable at first. Like it's okay, you were in our military zone. I've got my orders that we have to detain you. Don't worry, yeah. we're we're gonna get. I can't release you myself. You've got to do a trial, but it'll you know it'll be open and short. As yeah, soon and you'll as you
0: are be on your way back to your ship in a day or two yeah as
1: soon as we can get you the transport that's fine and so yeah it seems a, a reasonable guy and then there's a bit with Mayweather where he's going because uh, Dean Stockwell says oh we'll, we'll make sure they get a good meal and Mayweather says oh they call this a good meal <laughs> and then they give him the cups and he's like have you seen the size of these cups like well you are in prison you know come yeah. on is a little bit petty like bigger bigger problems mayweather you know and this is where archer sort of notices the the sullivan child and this is the start of him kind of reappraising how he views the sullivan
0: yeah and and here's where we get it quite concretely established that the sullivan when they're not part of the cabal and had genetic enhancements are just normal people.
1: Yeah, they're they're just a, a species. The the cabal are a, a faction within that species, but not yeah. all Sullivan But
0: a part but of it. Not doesn't have can't squish the body. They can't turn the face inside yeah. out. They can't look like someone else. They can't breathe in space. They can't tie the knots in the, <laughs> yeah. in the arms.
1: Which makes they it. They can't
0: any... go, turn invisible.
1: <laughs> Which makes it an easier job to keep them in a prison, really, because they, they, they'd they have had a lot more trouble if they all could do well, that.
0: Well, they would, but uh, it, it's just worth noticing from this episode just yeah. how much, like, normal people they are. Yeah, and they and are. They, they how just... they can't do magic stuff.
1: No, exactly, they, they just look different, and there's that yeah. great bit where he, he recites, like, this anti-Sullivan nursery rhyme. And that rings true to a lot of you know racial issues that you see. There's little rhymes and songs, and and much worse than that as well goes on. But you know it's a it, it's a nice way of showing that in a realistic way that you know you get you get kids indoctrinated into the, this hatred yeah. of the by having these nursery rhymes. And while all this is going on, we've got a, a few cutaways to the Enterprise with. Um, to Paul wants to attend the hearing. Trip wants to do a rescue. And to Paul, sort of coming down on the side of no. Let, let's respect what their customs yeah, are.
0: Like we've still got them being really re- reasonable. Yeah. Um, we're sending in an ambassador to escort you. We'll open our cities to so you yeah. can come for a visit. You can come to the trial. Yeah, exactly. no problem. This is very straightforward, very reasonable. Yeah,
1: there's no pushback at all with we want to go to the trial. It's like, of course, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they are seeming very reasonable and it it changes as Archer gets to know the Sullivan better. And we we find out a bit like more of them as a race as well. Like we find out the Cabal sort of started their attacks about eight years ago, or at least yeah. the attacks on this species, so presumably that's the point at which the future guy started...
0: Yeah, you'd have to say that's a reasonable thing.
1: Yeah, that's when he started augmenting them yeah. and putting them to work and everything. And we find out as well the Sulliban homeworld's been destroyed, so most of them are nomadic and they...
0: Yeah, and they've settled on different planets and they've just become part of the population.
1: Yeah, which is what's happened on this world, but then when the Cabal have attacked they've basically locked up all the Sullivan.
0: Yeah. And yeah, the, these are basically prison camps, concentration camps. Yeah.
1: And that's, we get, this is where I think the episode loses a few points just by Archer so specifically calling out, like, oh, well, this is what they did in America, so Japanese-Americans. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, yeah, we got it. You know, we were with you, Archer. We were, you know, the... The writing was good enough for us to get that, yeah, I think, yeah, without yeah. But fair enough. Okay, yeah, you know, it's not a deal breaker, but it's yeah, a bit heavy handed. We did, you know, we got it. It's it's not as unsubtle as the guys who were half black, half white, but you know, it's yeah. not it's not a veiled sort of thing going on. It's quite clear what's going on. And yeah, so this is when the Colonel sort of turns on him, isn't it? Like uh it's He's warning him still
0: in... Will you answer a question for me?
1: Yeah, and it's all about what went on in Broken Bow, basically, isn't it? It's like... Yeah,
0: what do you know about the cabal?
1: Yeah. and
0: and, But it's not (coughs) accusing Archer of siding with the cabal. He he is aware that he's against the cabal. Yeah. He just is... It's basically, I will hold you to get information. Yeah,
1: he wants to know more about it. It's like, well, hang on, you, you took the Klingon back to his home world and we know they were involved with that and we know this and we know that. So. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to... And that's when it's like, oh, well, you'll miss the transport and the next one won't be for eight days. And this is where he sort of turns a little bit nasty. Yeah. And there is, like, they argue about the ethics of the detention centres... And the colonel's got a an interesting way of justifying it in that he's like, well, they're here for their protection because if they're not here, the cabal will recruit them, and that's an awful life for them as well
0: well, well I, I think he's I think he's also saying that if they were just on the streets of our world yeah. they'd be they'd be openly attacked yeah we've brought them for their own protection,
1: yeah, and I think he, and i
0: think he i think he genuinely believes this yeah
1: i think he i think he does i think he's he's justified it in his own head and it, and it is left ambiguous at the end like even archer says like yeah i think well, they'll they'll get away but i'm not sure
0: well you also have that part like where one one of the syllabans talking to a guard and it's almost on friendly terms yeah yeah that and it go, and it says my brother knew him growing up, he was his friend.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's and the
0: guards like apologetic, you you haven't done this again and it's second time this week. I'm sorry, but I have to put you in solitary for the night.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely an interesting dynamic and it's it's not black and white. And it it does leave it on a note of well, did Archer do the right thing or not, you know. Yeah. On the most basic level, you can say, well, everybody should be entitled to their freedom, so yes, he did. But is the knock-on effect going to be that these guys are going to get recruited by the cabal or that they're just going to get killed well, out there? Like, you know?
0: It's like he says, that's another 89. You've sent them another 89 you've sent to join the cabal. Yeah. That And they'll kill hundreds of others and get, or get killed themselves. Yeah,
1: and I like that it's got that ambiguity. I mean, it... Th- what they're doing locking people up is wrong you know surely there there could be a better way of doing this but letting them out isn't necessarily right you well, know yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it is,
0: it's, a, it, it's a difficult one isn't it yeah
1: it is and it's good that it's doing that um so yeah basically it we do get the escape and there's some pretty cool stuff like they beam down a communicator and Reed comes down dressed up as a Sully Band, and you get that bit with Flocks, where he's like, oh, I'm not sure I've got the nose right.
0: Yeah. But you then the, they find the communicator on uh, Mayweather. Yeah. And they beat the hell out of him.
1: Oh, yeah, and it, the makeup's good and everything. Like, it, it looks. It does look it like, like he's had a kicking. He's in. had a right kicking, yeah. And he. He has a bit where he talks about prejudice and he's like, Okay, you know, yeah, I was prejudiced when I first came in, but I got over it and you need to get over it as well. So there is there's a lot of interesting stuff yeah, going but, on.
0: Wait, it's like one of the Sullivan says to him, and I think he's got a valid point, he goes, You've been here three days and you expect us to accept you. How yeah. do I know you how do we know that you're not planted spies? You look exactly like them. Yeah, but yeah, apart from the Yeah.
1: The little, so This is one of the minimal alien makeups. So I like will just put a little funny thing in between the eyebrows.
0: Give yeah, you a little ridge.
1: And that's it. Yeah, we had a few bajoran noses left over, so yeah. we'll just yeah. And yeah, no, it is. It, there is some really, really interesting meaty stuff in this one. And meanwhile, Topol has this sort of standoff with the colonel, and it's. It's quite clever how they get by it. Like, we'll send you all this information over and it it overwhelms it and jams everything.
0: But I like how she's talking to him and all that. She's being really reasonable. Yeah, yeah. We're we're preparing a meal in your (laughs) honour.
1: Yeah, I just want to check whether you're vegetarian or not. And, um, yeah, and so there's quite a cool, as I say, special effects sequence. Like, you get tripped flying around in the shuttle, blowing everything up and uh they blow a wall up to get everybody out uh big jailbreak and everything and yeah it's a it, it's a, a overall a decent episode i think you know the temple cold war stuff is very minimal it's just it's a very little it's minimal it's
0: literally al asking him
1: yeah, what do you know about it?
0: What do you know but, about it? asking questions about pre- the. Pre- well, broken down, it's not even asking about the previous
1: no. episodes. It's interesting, though, because it shows that even this species, which seems to be a fairly small species in terms of their importance on the galactic scale, yeah, even they know about it. So that, yeah, well, that we're getting does... attacked
0: by the Cabal, so they're aware of what's going on.
1: Yeah, but I mean. It's not just they don't just think. Oh well, we're being attacked by the Sulliban. They're like, we know it's because of the Temple yeah. Cold War, and so that adds to what you've said about well, how the hell does nobody know about this in the future if it's
0: yeah, like, if it's, it's that widespread? Well. It's like with the Sulliban, the major the major antagonist in all this, mm. and yet. They're never mentioned in any of the other se- series. Yeah,
1: and same with the Zindi as well. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, we'll get to that episode where they they jump forward to the Enterprise J eventually. But yeah,
0: well, um, it, it's that thing again that I was saying that introducing new species in a prequel. Yeah, is there's like, come on, there's six. We've got six hundred plus episodes of yeah. Star Trek with a lot of species that have. Hardly been explored. Surely you can use. Yeah, I mean, I men. think
1: the thing is, you can do like with with this species that Dean Stockwell's from. Fine, you know, cause there are a lot of one episode species that we never see again. Yeah. But when they introduce a species who are big players on the galactic scene, yeah, then you've got a bit of an issue because it's like, well, you know, how come? If the Zindi have got an empire, why don't we know about it? And yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, I I enjoyed this one. I thought the first one, I don't think there's enough in it, and I think it falls apart when you look at it. But this one, it this raises
0: this one that holds together is a decent episode. Yeah. It has a really, it has a good moral story. It does, and that it makes you actually think because you like you said, Archer is Archer is right. These people are being detained against their will. Yeah, and it's literally because of how the species—not for anything they've done—no, literally, you're which, that species. You're in prison,
1: which is absolutely
0: wrong. But oh, then but, you have to other side of yeah. But when we release them, this is how how it's gonna go. Yeah, so you're kind of damned
1: if you do, damned if you don't. Like yes. ethically, we yes. can't leave them in prison, but are we doing something just at least they're safe in prison? You know. So it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a good one. It's a good idea. Yeah,
0: I enjoyed this episode. It's
1: a classic Star Trek in that sense yeah that it's, it's, a
0: classic, it's a classic Star Trek moral story. Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, Star
0: Trek are very good at doing moral stories and always. Oh yeah,
1: you? yeah, absolutely. So no, good one. Um so as we said earlier on in the episode then, we're we're gonna look at Times Arrow next time. Uh, go back to TNG for a bit for a, a John round with uh, Mark Twain and everything in that episode. Yeah, and then
0: it's a long time since I've watched Time Sago, but I remember it. I've got really fond memories. I of have as well. And so I'm hope, and, and I mean, it is a really long time since I've watched it. I think. So I'm hoping that it holds up. and I, I am
1: too. What I remember about Times Arrow is that it's one of the few TNG two patterns where part two is as good as part one. Yeah. And it, it holds together well as one story from what I remember. So let's yeah. see how we how we come down on it next week. Um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod, you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook, you can join the group, have a chat on there. Uh, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the retrack.
0: Thank you. Bye bye. Fascinating.